Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. No matter what you've been dealing with or how long or how bad it has been, it's not bigger than God. Greater is He that's in us than he that's in the world. And the key to getting that help and that extra strength and that extra knowledge and direction and wisdom that you need to overcome it, put it behind you and under you once and for all, is available. It's available in God. Uh, we reach out for it by faith. We lay hold of it by faith. We walk out of the problem into the answer a step at a time. Steps of faith. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom and let's believe together for answers. Father, thank you so much for you have done so much for us. You have sustained us, you've kept us, and we trust you. And we call you the faithful God, the faithful God who never fails, uh, who keeps covenant and is so merciful and gracious. And we ask for that which would feed us today, that which would enlighten us and guide us. And thank you for making us overcomers, more than conquerors in you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look with me again, please, in our great textbook, the Bible, to John 9 again. We are into the 14th individual um, account of healing. In the ministry of Jesus, uh, the healing of the man that was born blind. Now, yesterday's class, we took the time and read through the entire chapter because it all is dealing with this healing of the man that was born blind. But let's look back in the beginning verses again. Verse 1, uh, 9 1 of, of John, it says, As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night comes when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world... I am the light of the world. Then we see him made the clay and put it in the man's eyes, told him to go wash, and he did, and came seeing. Something miraculous happened as he was washing this uh, mud clay out of his eyes. A, a creative, restorative thing happened by the power of God and a man who had never seen anything, I guess, from his birth can see. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whew. 
And that was what he said. And they were, you know, the Pharisees and leaders of the synagogue were taking him to task and arguing with him about who Jesus was and how it happened. And finally he said, well, I don't, I don't know about all that, but I know this. I was blind. <laughs> now I can see. Oh, hallelujah. I like results. How about you? Results. We don't have to try to stick to something that sounds flowery and poetic that we can hang on the wall and just ooh and ah over. The Word of God will change your life. It will provide for you. It will deliver you. It will heal you. It will create good things in your life. Life altering, life fixing, life saving, life changing. And so we see that happen in Jesus' ministry over and over again. But on this particular healing, we're given 41 verses that are dealing with this, they're dealing with this question of sin and of light. And so we want to, uh, you know, if there's, the Lord did that, there's obviously reason why and substantial reason why. And you don't have to go too far in the church today to see the very same issues that are blocking people's receiving. And one of the big ones is, why did it happen? Why, you know, this, this man's born this way. Why? And so they assume, well, it's because of sin. And so we just want to know which one, parents or him, that caused him to be like this. And Jesus said, neither one. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me. Um, so then people get into, well, it must have happened for a reason. And they're implying or just outright saying, it's God gets glory out of this somehow, some way. God gets glory out of the problem. God gets glory out of the sickness. And I know some of you have heard enough word that you don't believe that, but millions still do. Millions of church-going people, they believe that, you know, God's will and His ways are unknowable and you can't understand them and that God does what might appear to us to be evil, but He has a bigger, uh, a bigger picture and bigger thing that He's doing. But people who say they believe that are not acting consistently with it. Because if you really believe that the Lord sent the sickness, you should not try to get well. Are y'all with me or not? Now, I'm not, I'm not just trying to make a joke. If the Lord sent that into your life, this disease, this deformity, this sickness, you should not fight it or you'll be fighting the will of God. If God gets more glory out of me sick than healthy, then do I want God to get glory or not? And 
If God is behind sickness and disease, if he's the one sending that and doing that, we should also be opposed to every doctor, every nurse, every health practitioner, every hospital. Why? Because they're trying to get people out of the will of God. Now, I know people scoff, oh, oh that's, that's crazy talk. No, what you said was crazy talk. At the front of it, we're just staying with what people say when they say, you know, I, I think, I don't know why, but I think God sent this into my life to, to teach me. Well, if you really believe that, you shouldn't dare try to get rid of it or fight it or overcome it. But no, us, we, we're not opposed to doctors. They're fighting the same thing we're fighting. Right? We're not opposed to nurses and practitioners and hospitals. We, we say, use every tool you got against sickness and disease because it's not of God. It doesn't please Him. It's not His perfect will. It's not. So fight it. Fight it. Yes. Fight it. Overcome it. Live. Now, that's that should be logical, it should make sense, and yet millions of church-going people will sit on the pew and say amen to things that on Monday morning they contradict. But it's religious deception. I want you to go with me to the book of uh, the 11th chapter of John because this goes hand in hand with this. This is also a, a healing, but it's a resurrection. It's the account of Lazarus. And he was healed because if he hadn't been healed when he was raised from the dead, whatever killed him the first time, <laughs> can you see, would have immediately killed him again. So he was raised from the dead and healed. Glory to God. But notice how this thing started out with him and he, excuse me, John 11, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary that anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So these are some people that Jesus knew personally, that he fellowshiped with personally. He'd have called them his friends. He went to their house. He ate meals with them. And his sisters sent word to him and said, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Talking about their brother. So apparently they're close friends. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now some take a verse like that. And they say, well, see there, it said the sickness was for the glory of God. Actually, it didn't. I'm going to get into some detail with it. But you can see why people say what they say. Let me read this to you from another translation or two, because the word for is actually, if you look at the Greek word where it says the sickness is for the glory of God, it can be translated a number of ways, one of which is unto. Listen to the, the language here. In the, the BBE, it says, verse 4, 
When this came to his ears, Jesus said, The end of this disease is not death, but the glory of God. Now see, in that, in that translation, they didn't say the sickness was for the glory of God. They said it would result in. Is that the same thing or not? No, that's, that's a different way of saying it. That's why you've got to really watch about the words. What did he actually say? And, and everybody who translates has to watch about filtering their doctrine in. He said, uh, the end of the disease is not death, but the glory of God, so that the Son of God may have glory because of it. Because of what? That, listen to today's English version. When Jesus heard it, he said, the final result of this sickness will not be the death of Lazarus. This has happened in order to bring glory to God and will be of the means by which the Son of God will receive glory. Can you see the emphasis is not the sickness bringing glory to God, but the situation resulting in the glory of God. The message translation says it like this. When Jesus got the message, he said, this sickness is not fatal. Well, the man did die. <laughs> so when he says it's not unto death, see, how many understand you got to look at context? You got to watch about grabbing half of a phrase and building a doctrine on it. No, the man did die. So was what Jesus said correct? Certainly was. He's talking about the end of the thing. Huh? Come on, can you see that? The, the, the end outcome of it results not in Lazarus being dead, right? And not even being sick, but in Lazarus being alive and God being glorified, <laughs> right? Was God glorified in the death? Was God glorified in the sickness? So we've we got to ask ourselves the question, when was God glorified? Are y'all with me, class? When? Because he said it'll result in the glory of God. It'll end up that way. The message says this sickness is not fatal or unto death. It will become an occasion to show God's glory by glorifying God's Son. I really like that word, occasion. The sickness was not glorifying God. The sickness was the occasion for God to be glorified. Now you'll find that pretty much anything you can say about sickness, you can say about sin. Because they come, they came originally from the same situation and place. Adam and Eve sinned. And because of that, they died and fell and the curse and death came into the earth. Well, sickness, disease, mental illness, all the poverty, all these things are manifestations of death. And if, the, if there'd never been any sin, there'd never been any death. Which is why, you know, the disciples, you know, they weren't just totally in left field by saying who sinned. Because they understood from the law and from the Old Testament the connection between sin and death. 
But what they didn't understand uh, enough about was what is sin and what is not sin. And how sin has to do with the light that you have. And so uh, the sickness is, is not unto death, but will become an occasion to show God's glory by glorifying God's Son. Say it out loud, occasion, occasion. To, show to show God's glory. If you skip down, I won't, we won't read the whole thing, but... Um, you know that Jesus waited a few days and didn't just come right away. And Lazarus did. He, he was so sick, he died. And they, uh, they buried him before Jesus showed up. And uh, when he, then he came and the sisters came. And uh, if you skip down to verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, If you'd have been here, Lord... My brother had not died, but I know that even now, whatever you ask of God, God will give it you. And Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Martha said to him, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, uh, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Hallelujah. <laughs> if you skip down to verse 39, Jesus, they, they went out to the grave and Jesus said, take away the stone. Wow. That's like saying, dig him up. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, Lord, by this time he stinks because he's been dead four days. Now get this. Is everybody awake? Look at verse 40. Jesus said to her, said I not unto you that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God? Have they seen the glory of God yet? Uh-uh. No. Did they see the glory of God in Lazarus getting sick and getting sicker and sicker and then dying? Uh-uh. No. When he says, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Oh, come on. Can you see this? They haven't seen the glory of God yet. Like I said, anything you can say about the nature of sin and its attributes and what have you, you can say about sickness because they're, they're connected. It came from the same place. And you can say the same thing about sin. Does sin glorify God? Uh, who, who would say it do, does? And yet, can sin be an occasion, <laughs> right, for God to get glory? Yes, not in the sin, but in the salvation. Is that right? In the salvation from the sin. Uh, nobody that's thinking right would say the sin glorifies God. And yet, if you hadn't been lost... There wouldn't have been glory to God in you getting saved, right. Right? right? But are you really going to blame God because you were lost? Because see, what you get into is this convoluted thing of people saying, well, you know, like the Bible said, that sickness is for the glory of God. Well, then it, it didn't actually say that, but 
if you're going to say it did, then what are you saying? Where did it come from? Are we saying God made him sick and killed him so he could raise him from the dead? Now see, the class is quiet. But people are, are twisted up with all this. And you know, if I caused your problem, how thankful are you if I come and fix it? <laughs> right? Because if I hadn't caused your problem, there wouldn't have been a problem. Maybe you're, yes, you're relieved. You're glad it's gone, but you don't appreciate me bringing it in the first place. And people try to believe all this stuff about God. That yeah, he, he knocked them down so he could lift them up. And, and you know, they, he caused them to live that terrible life so he could save them later and, and, and show that, you know, his, his mercy. And God is not the cause and source of evil. He is not. I said he is not. The truth is, we really do have a free will. And we are responsible for our bad choices. And cannot blame Him. People do. But it's not going to carry. No. Scripture said, yea, let God be true and every man a liar. I mean, you can say what you want to, but it's still going to come back down to the fact that your problems are the result of you and the evil one. Hmm? And when God delivered you from that, yes, he can get glory out of your deliverance. But that doesn't mean that the problem, the bondage glorified him. He can get glory out of your healing, but that doesn't mean the sickness glorified him. Sickness could never glorify God. It's an evil thing. It steals. It kills. It destroys. Right? And death is not a friend. Hmm? Death, and I know people think, well, you know, God made everything this way. He did not make everything this way. He did not. He made it perfect. And man, we messed it up. <laughs> Hold your place here and go to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. 1 Corinthians 15. You'll hear people say, well, you know, God made it this way. And you, you hear a lot of talk about mother nature. There is no such thing. I said, there is no such thing. God made nature. The creator made nature. And the earth is not our mother. No, no, no. In fact, the earth has been twisted and distorted. And the scripture says in Romans that the planet is actually groaning and travailing. That's, where, that's what the earthquakes are. That's what the, uh, uh, you know, the volcanoes going off are. That's what the, the hurricanes and the typhoons and the, the tornadoes and, and all of that and the shifting of of, of climate change and too hot and too cold and this and that. The, the, the planet is going, ah, something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong. 
not how God made it to be. In fact, exactly what's going on with the planet is going on with your body. Because your body is made out of the same thing as the planet and is affected by the same forces. The magnetic forces, the gravitational forces, the same thing. And that's why there are times you get up in the morning and go, oh, <sighs> why? Because it's not right. There are things not right. You, that's why there are imbalances and that's why there are deficiencies. And there's this, uh, when we talk about divine health here and now, we are not talking about perfection. We're not talking about flawlessness. We're talking about good operating condition. <laughs> because every one of us, you can put us under the microscope and there are flaws, there are deficiencies. Every one of us, every one, why? why? The curse, the curse and death. And the only thing that's going to fix that is resurrection. And notice in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24, it says, Then comes the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Death is not a friend. Death is an enemy. Why would God call death an enemy if he's the one that did it? Right? How could it be his enemy? No, see, God didn't create us to die. He created us to live forever. Even our bodies. He created everything down here to just be perpetuating and just go on and on and on and live but because of sin and the resulting curse of death now things reach a peak and they start fading and they die and they're corrupted and they're distorted and God didn't create it that way and so things that are the result of God's enemy cannot glorify God can you agree with that class? So death doesn't glorify God. And yet you hear people talking about glorifying God in death. Whether you live or whether you die, Paul talked about it. What does that mean? You, the death didn't glorify God, but the way you faced it. The way it was the occasion. Come on, can you hear that word again? It was, it can be an occasion for God to be glorified, not in the death itself, but in the way you died, in the way you left here and went to be with him. Sin doesn't glorify God, but it's the occasion for God being glorified in glorious salvation and deliverance. And sickness can never glorify God, but it's an occasion for God to be glorified when healing is manifested. Hallelujah! When Jesus said, didn't I tell you? If you believe, you will see the glory of God. They hadn't seen it, but they're about to when he calls, Lazarus, come out of there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And our time's up again today. 
We'll see you again soon right here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.